This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. And today we have a special guest. We have Tamara. Now, Tamara is a vet, which is super exciting anyway, but Tamara is my vet. Well, one of the team at St. James's Vets, the people who look after the alpacas here. So uh, it's it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here, Tamara. It's a pleasure. It's taken a bit of time to arrange, but it's a pleasure to finally make it work and make it happen. Absolutely. And why is that? It's because you're so busy. Yes, it is. (laughs) Busy life as a vet, for sure. I always ask my guests, first question is, when did you meet your first alpaca and how did it make you feel? So I I had a think, because luckily you sent me that question beforehand, so I could have a think about. Um, I think the first alpaca I met was when I was doing my degree. I'm I'm Dutch, a Dutch vet that moved over here to work. I graduated from Belgium, actually. So my first couple of years of my veterinary degree, I did in Antwerp. And then I finished off in Ghent. But in, in Antwerp, we, we learn about the healthy animal in the first couple of years. That's the way the course there is set up. The first couple of years is the healthy animal and the last years is the unwell and sick animal and how to fix that. But in Antwerp, with the healthy animal, there were no stables, there were no stocks, so there were no animals really. And they kind of went, well, that's a bit silly. So they built a stable and they put some horses in and they put some cattle in and they also put alpacas in. So that's when I kind of got into touch with them for the first time. The reason alpacas were picked is because they are often used for research. Um, They have a different type of antibody. The way their immune bodies are are made um, is slightly different, but it makes it easier to do research in like diseases and things like that. So they they used the alpacas for that. They were very, very well looked after and very much loved. And we had a rotor go in, especially as as you got further on in the course, and we'd muck out and we'd, we'd check the animals, we'd listen to the heart rate, we listen to their uh, gut sounds to the lungs and take a temperature but it also made us having to handle them and having to handle different animals so that um, that was actually quite quite good and it's a different animal it's an exciting animal I find them really entertaining as well and you we learned a lot about the normal behavior of these animals because um, I, I remember one day in a bit of a panic going to get one of the professors because one of the alpacas was standing with his mouth open and his tail up and actually it was just standing to attention there was nothing wrong but if you don't know what a normal alpaca looks like you don't know what it ill or poorly alpaca looks like. So that was probably the first. And then shortly after I saw practice with our vets back home and he breeds alpacas. I think you might know him, Steve, as Leo Vermeerweg. I think he's heard of you anyway. Um, oh, that's, well, it's nice to be heard of. I don't, I <laughs> yeah. don't recognize the name, so no, no direct <laughs> connection, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, when I was seeing practice there, uh, mainly for small animal at the time, but he had some alpaca work to do and he, he told me to catch a Korea and I, I think I amazed <laughs> him with how quick I was able to do that because I knew Brilliant. I knew from uni what to do, but that's kind of how I kind of, and then they just keep popping up in, in my career, really. <laughs> they do, yeah. they do, they do. And obviously we're part of that. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of uh, tapestry yes. uh, as 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 well um now thankfully i haven't seen too much of you that's, that's good you should <laughs> i saw it's i know it's always difficult whenever whenever i kind of 
we, we're finishing the, the visit and you're just leaving. I'm like, well, it was really nice to see you. I hope I don't <laughs> see you again. No, no. I get that a lot. Don't <laughs> worry. I don't take offense. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's very difficult. So, yeah, so there's quite a bit of experience. Yeah. That's really good, actually, to be able to, to do that. Because one of the things, you turn up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on farm as as the expert yeah. and you've got a, a massive broad range of knowledge and obviously that's of animals in general and specific species in particular and then there's this animal here now i know look looking at mine i go oh well there's millie now don't look her in the eye because she'll spit at you and and there's there's this one over here i know you want to stand slightly more to the side because she's going to kick you um so i know my animals really well and i know how they behave and what's normal for them, because you've got normal for alpacas and normal for this particular alpaca. And, and it must be a real challenge turning up as a vet, trying to assess things, but an animal you don't know. No, very much. But you have to rely on the owner at that point or the herdsman or or, right. or the farmer yeah. or whatever, really, um, to tell them what's different. And sometimes it's trying to filter through all the information you're getting and trying to pinpoint what exactly is the difference. And something that might seem normal to me, if that's a different behavior that the animal, regardless of what animal is, is experiencing, then that is something to be noticed and to take into account, really. Um, but it does depend on how well the owner, farmer, herdsman knows mm. their animal, because I find that makes a hell of a difference. Like you said, you know exactly which one is which, um, what behaviors they do, what what is normal for them individually as well. Whereas, yeah, not everybody knows that that well. And then it, it can be, you can miss signs because you don't know. Yeah. But you have to trust what the owner says to you. Yeah. Sometimes you have to filter, but you have to trust yeah. what's been, what, what they know as well. They know their animal and I, <laughs> I only know the veterinary side of it. I don't always know them personally. Yeah. Sometimes I do, but not always. <laughs> yeah. no, that must be quite nice if you do yeah. get to have a relationship where you regularly coming. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ho hopefully for good reasons rather than the, the, the problems all the time. I think it's great that, that you were saying about the the course that, that you did in, in, in Belgium and Antwerp that was the focus was on yeah. you start with understanding what a healthy animal's like. And it's one of those things that, that, that you're kind of working on exceptions all the time, aren't you? This is out of norm for this particular animal or this, you know, the, the, so it's a raised temperature. Yeah. It just Because we look at the animal and go, uh, this doesn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> and often yeah. that's the first the first kind of thing and you go mm, I'm going to keep an eye on you and we'll see and then you go okay oh all right this is now time to call Tamara one of the other vets whoever's on call uh and it's a real challenge then to yeah. to try and give you enough information without giving you too much detail so this whole thing with working as a partner I've I've discovered over the years that that's how I approach it. Um, hopefully, that's a, a positive way. Working as a partner with the vet, um, so together we can be sure that we're doing the best we can for the animals. And 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 I don't expect you to know my individual animals, but I expect to be able to convey to you this is out of keeping for her. That this yeah. is my concern. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I've noticed. So, um, what's the best? Uh, Big question now. Come, right. <laughs> big question coming up. Um, what's the best way of getting the best from your vet? Right. So that, that's first of all, don't be scared to ring them. Ring for advice. Ring. I think. I mean, the internet is a marvelous thing. It really is. But as I've I've said to many clients before, I can I can write you a dialogue on how to put a car together. 
I can guarantee you're not going to get very far because I know nothing about cars. So, and that's the same with veterinary. Um, a lot of people have an opinion. A lot of people put advice on online and I think you can get lost in all the advice. So speak to somebody you know and trust. And that's usually your vet who knows what you need to know, who knows the medicine, who knows that kind of thing. It's good to start building that relationship with your vet. So call them for advice, get, get that back and forth going, get that rapport going, because then when it really push comes to shove, you know them and you can trust them because trust is, is one of the major things as well in the veterinary profession. You need to trust your vet because then you know that your animal's done right by. Mm, absolutely. So I think that that's a start. Um, and second of all, if, if you're not familiar with the animal, especially with alpacas, because I do see that, read about it, uh, but also speak to your vet again, like, like get health plans together if you want them or ask about vaccination and get vets sometimes involved in routine stuff. Like I know, Steve, with you, we've, we've come to castrate a couple. And that's, again, where you get to know me. And it's relatively routine, but we get to know. And yeah, again, don't expect your vet to know all the answers, but they because they might ask you questions back, like, have you done this? Have you done that? Or what is this like? Or, or is this normal for this animal? Or is it not normal? Because sometimes we don't know because it can be so subtle. Um, but definitely mm. start building that relationship a little bit, even if it's with emails or anything like that, just to kind of so that you you build that trust trust side of it. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's very important. And I, th- I think numbers are probably... Drifting in the right, <laughs> drifting in the right direction in terms of growing in numbers of alpacas around, uh, which is helpful then because the the knowledge increases. Yeah, because you're working in the the larger animal side yes, of things. Yes. I mean, you, you do all of it, I think. But. I did all of it. I'm mainly now the larger animal and the horses. So yeah, um, I, I don't do that much small animal anymore. But yeah, I, I did all of it for a long time. Yeah. yeah, and this is one of the challenges. You've got to be an expert about everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like yes. like like a, like a GP really for yeah, like, for, for, and for then people. different species. Like, <laughs> and then absolutely. Oh yes, it's not just the one species. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. At least the GPs only got to work with the one species. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine who was a GP was describing the work and saying it it was more of an art than a science. Although a lot of science is involved in it, so yeah. so you would he he just kind of it, yeah. it's, the, it's the gut feeling, it's the yes. it's the the sense of I'm just a little, I just yeah. mm, not sure that's quite, yeah. and you just you can't be absolutely sure, and of course you do the tests, you do the blood tests yeah. and the, the fecal tests and all, all the rest of it, which kind of again bring the data in, yeah. but but the whole thing you you're feeling the sense of the whole thing. How much in terms of training? How many years was it? Was it uh, so in. Belgium, it's six years. I took a bit longer because it was a lot of information I needed to cram into my head and I just needed a bit more time. But in general, yeah. it's six years. In the UK, it's five years or six years, depending on the university you go to. Yeah, it's a long yeah. time, isn't it? it but is, it's a yeah. lot, as you say, there's an awful lot of information to, to get into. And I guess people yeah. then find that as they go, the things that they're more interested in yeah. and want to specialize in. And some of yeah. them go, I'm not going anywhere near a cow or a horse ever again. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and other people say, oh, stop keep me away from those little dogs uh, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, there we go. Indeed. So um, when you come to, to the farm, what's, what, what do you really need from an owner? Um, honesty. I know that sounds really ah. tough. Oh, that's a good, good that's answer. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, if, if you, 
if something started a month ago, but you just either haven't got around to ringing us or you thought thought the animal was getting better and or just didn't have the time, I'd, I don't care, but tell me it was a month. Don't tell me it's a week. Because if something's progressed over a week, that can be completely different than if it's progressed over a month or two months. And in the end, I will find out, but it has delayed my being able to mm. react to the disease properly. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's I, I know it sounds silly, but please be honest with your vet. And that's <laughs> not just alpacas, but that's in general. And the second of all, something I notice and is with, with breeding herds, it's very different because you, you guys are a lot more aware of, of what alpacas are like and, and you, you know this, but I find mm. a lot of people who get pet alpacas, they look at them from the field and they go, oh, they look all right, that's fine. But what they miss is the animals that are losing weight. And I think that's for me, one of the big issues that with those herds, by the time I get called to a um, an animal that's lost weight, mm-hmm. it's so skinny that yeah. I'm, I'm fighting fires. Like it's really hard to do anything. I always advise people once a week, get your alpacas in, put your hands on them. Yeah. Because of their fleece, you can't tell if they've lost weight. Especially this time of year. Yeah. Especially. And they're animals that are normally preyed on. So they, they try to hide if they're weak or if there's a problem. So if you get them in once a week, put your hands on them and then you'll know the best thing is to record that as well because then you can mm. see that the decreasing trend if there is one and go actually hang on that one's lost weight again a bit just a bit but then you mm. spot it a lot earlier rather than suddenly having an alpaca down in the field that can't get up because it hasn't got any muscles yeah. anymore and i think that's yeah. for me one of the the um, the frustrating bits in the pet herds rather than the breeding herds because mm. you guys handle them regularly and you notice it a lot more but in the in the in the pet herds is something that i noticed that weight loss which is can caused mm. by many things obviously but that is something that gets missed very regularly so yeah that that's yeah it tend it tends to be something that that happens first almost it's it's what it's it's the it's an indicator of as you say a number of things but it's the it's the first thing that you'd be able to notice but you do have to get your hands on them if they if they're covered in fleece you just can't see so you have to be able to to get so any any thoughts on um doing the body condition score how how would you approach that um so there's there's many articles available on body condition score there's um there's some very good pictures and guidelines and and if you're not sure either um, either speak to your vet and we can come out and show you, we can bring diagrams and go, look, this is what you need to look out for. This is what, uh, uh the, like the skill is from like naught till five or naught till, uh, one till nine. It completely depends on which skill you use, but often the high number is fat obese. So if you do one to nine, then nine is obese. We don't want that either. Mm-hmm. One would be emaciated again, not something we want. We want them in that five. That's roughly where we want them. But we can show you where to feel on the animal to kind of judge their fat content or their muscle, ideally muscle, not just fat, but <laughs> muscle content. Um, and then you can you can just write down a score, write down a number. We can go through the herd with you and go, right, okay, this is, this is that number, this is that number. It's all very basic. And I know it's spending money mm. on a vet, which not everybody likes to do. But if you're the first time starting, sure. that is such valuable advice and and really valuable to start. And that will hopefully save you money in the long term because you can spot things earlier hmm. and, and better. But yeah, there are many diagrams out yeah. there that can help you with that. Or speak to yeah. wherever you got the alpacas from. Like if, if, if they've bought them directly from you, Steve, they, they might ask you to talk them through that. And that, that that's perfect just the same. Yeah, no, I always go through that. And, and I've done the hands-on back in the day when we were able to be relatively <laughs> close to people, yeah. you know, instead of this current of the pandemic, but, but to actually 
you know, I, here's me demonstrating that yeah. go, now you put your hand on. No, okay, let me put my hand over yours. Yeah, yeah. that's the place yeah. you want to be. And same place, same hand, same person. Then you you get you're picking up a change, yeah. and that's because it's not an absolute scale. It's a it's a comparative it is. thing it's very much so. over time, yeah. and and so yeah. So, but it, but it's I think it's a really important basic skill that's that's really good. Yeah. Thinking of of you coming to the farm and and what what owners are. And needing to kind of give you um, another thing, which I know is important, is a space in order to yeah. for you to work. Yeah, when it comes to practicalities, um, a good a shed is always good um, with plenty of light. That's that's important, um, so we can actually see what we're doing. Um, a dry area to work is always great. Obviously, it depends on what we need to do. Water and stuff can be handy as well to have. Um, mm. You obviously have drinking water, but if we need to do a surgical procedure for whatever, then clean water and clean buckets is very handy. Definitely, I think shed and shelter is important very much because even after we've done a procedure, mm. then often you want to keep an animal in so you can keep an eye on it and you don't want it running around in the field or bullied by the others because it's a bit yeah. weaker and you sometimes do even though they're herd animals you sometimes do need to separate them to make sure they're okay yeah turning in terms of uh my two essentials mm-hmm. <laughs> should i tell everybody is a catch pen that yeah. you can make with hurdles yeah. sheep hurdles are too small so they need yes. to be alpaca sized hurdles but they can be linked together and it gives you a, a contained space yeah. the animal is not going to run away shed stable yeah. whatever is is often too big you need to get them into a smaller space to be able yeah. to to really hold them <laughs> big and strong yeah, like, yeah. yeah they, they they and the second second thing is a uh, I, I use something which is called a handling helper but it's a short strap which goes around the neck yeah. but it's it then then leaves about a foot of of strap to hold on to yeah. so it doesn't get in the way but it just gives you a little bit of extra control, control. over the yeah. the animal yeah. yeah absolutely and i think um cuz the the thing is, the better they're restrained, the quicker I can do my job, the safer yeah. it is for everybody around. Because even though alpacas don't have hooves, when they kick it, blimmin' hurts. <laughs> you still get bruises. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So um, you, you want them, the better they are restrained, the quicker I can do my job, the better it is for the animal because yeah. it's less stressful. And stressful, if you are able to, to restrain them properly straight away, they kind of, most animals, and we see that with cattle, we see it with horses, if you get mm. hold of them right straight away, they relax. Well, they yeah. fight less. They kind of give in. Yeah, they, they, they do. Rather than if you end up <laughs> they, chasing them, they around. accept that you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and if you end up chasing them around the field for 20 minutes, then by that point you're done for. <laughs> yeah, and, and and they're super stressed by then. Yeah. Yes, very much. So, so yeah, so it's bringing them to the right place. Having light and stuff. Of course, we all know that the world is not perfect, <laughs> no, and you can't not. always. Sometimes you've got an animal that's got a problem, and it's in a field at the top of a hill, and away from from buildings. But but generally, yeah. You want to be able to bring the animal to to a, a safe, secure place where the yeah. the animal is sheltered, but also uh, both the farmer or the owner and, and and the vet as well can be sheltered. Yes, because <laughs> there's nothing worth it trying to work work and, and kind of brushing the 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 snow or the the, water. the rain out of your yeah. eyes while you're trying to to, to see something yeah. very very clearly. But there we are. Yeah. Oh dear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really good. Well, there we go. Now I I could talk alpacas and talk <laughs> stuff all day, yeah. uh, but but I know you've been working hard yeah. all today, and yeah. you you need you need your rest as well. Um, and we've got the well because this one's going to be going out soon. We, we've got the holiday season coming up. Any final tips for things to watch out for over the holiday period? Um, 
I, for some reason, poisons always come come into mind. Like if, if other people are putting stuff mm. in your fields, that's not only Christmas, but if they're dumping Christmas trees or dumping holly or something like that, just, just make sure that people are not able to dump things in the fields. Or when people are going out on walks, um, feeding alpacas, things like that. Luckily, alpacas are slightly more hesitant of strangers, <laughs> but you do get the odd one that's very friendly and might come up and try and eat some bread or whatever or the, the main thing is the moldy bread if people just think oh chuck that yeah. for the animals oh, okay it's it's that yeah. um i always urge horse Listen. owners as well put signs up to say that the horses are on special medication so that people just don't don't feed them because it can be dangerous and it's the same with alpacas yeah do, do you know i try to give mine a treat so i know i'll give them some carrots and they kind of go what's that <laughs> what are you doing? Are you trying to poison us? We've never seen these before. I think, you have. Yeah. I've given them. You don't get them all the time, but it was supposed to be a special Christmas treat for you. And they kind of, oh, no, not having yeah. those. No, no, no. They're very suspicious, <laughs> so, aren't yeah, they? So the, yeah. They, they are. They, they've certainly given a good, good long look at the commit. Yeah. But uh, Tamara, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You're very welcome. There's, there's loads and loads of useful information. I have no idea what I'm going to do with it all. I might have to split it into two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank, thank you so much. That's it's really helpful. You're it's welcome. been great seeing yeah, you. Perfect. So I hope you found that both interesting and useful. And as I said, I did have to split it into two. So there's more to come next week. We've got another dose of Tamara Van Duren with us talking alpacas from a vet's perspective. Thanks for being here. Great to see you and happy new year. Wow. Here we go. 2022. And yeah, if you can go spend some time with an alpaca. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.